a voice sweet like a butterfly, a tongue that stings like a honeybee, your sister love extraordinaire, a.k.a. Red Sonia the Song Bee. And welcome to episode 31 of the Sister Love Solo Cast. It is 2021 and Happy New Year. I know it's a little late on the New Year's tip, but Happy New Year anyway. Listen, if you made it, there's reason to celebrate. We got through that ugly year of 2020. Can you imagine? But thank God. We're here. 2020's gone. It's just dust in the mist. Do you remember in 2020 January when you made those resolutions and set goals? I know I did. (laughs) Whatever happened to them. Now, I have to think, did I write them down or track them? Usually I spend the December, the month of December, working on my reflection and retrospecting and uh, thinking about what went on, what was right, what was wrong, what was strong, what do I need to let go? And then go into the 2020 or the new year, rather, with an open mind, open heart, clear and, and serene, right? That is the goal. That is the objective. However, I got a little discombobulated. That was, if anything, any way to sum up the year 2020, that would be the word. But you know what? At the end of the day, I am grateful. And and that's what I can say overall. It sucked. Glad it's gone. But I'm grateful. But that doesn't mean we're out of the clear. It means, you know, hold on, recalibrate. And that's really what... Uh, preparing December in that recalibration is all about for January for actually to hit the start button, right? So this is still the time for me to really just recalibrate and adjust. And that's all it's all about. That's really it. The end of the year, uh, as you know, I uh, have not been on in a minute. And my uh, host, uh, you know, I, I have a variety of, of guest hosts. So uh, the last one, um, let's see, was probably the last time I podcasted. I guess probably as late as October. And that's too long, people. I know it. And we're going to do a lot better. And it's a promise. It's a promise to myself. And that's something in my reflecting is just learning more about myself. I think as you live this life, you just have to be open and you have to be flexible. And in that understanding, you have to accept your own mistakes, your own faults, your own pitfalls, and and as well as others. And you adjust, take the lesson, move on and you grow. But don't think, ever think in this life that you know it all. Get to a place where you just know everything. If that's, if that's the case, we all be billionaires, right? And speaking of billionaires, Powerball. Oh my God. Powerball was $731 million. Someone won about, oh, three quarters of a billion dollars in Maryland. 
congratulations to that person. Wish it were me. I am truly jealous. Well, not truly. That's just a figure of speech, meaning it should have been me. <laughs> but wow, I can't even imagine uh, the day of that celebration and that reality hitting. But you know, people, anything's possible. And you know, you you can never know if it's possible for you if you don't take a step out of your comfort zone. Doesn't mean get addicted. Doesn't mean become a gambler. It just means... To me, all it takes is, what, five numbers, six numbers, and uh, you don't have to do a thousand of them. If it's meant for you, all you need to do is spend that one or two dollars. If it's meant for you, it'll happen, right? So Powerball 731 is what I'm calling it, more power to the Maryland uh, winner. The person that wears that crown, that was in that stratosphere of luck, that metaphysical place where intersections co coincided and collided and, and, it, and it worked. I can only say, <clears throat> again, I can only taste the honey of that type of winning. Of course, there's a lot that comes with it, right? So they say, be careful what you ask for. So I really wish that person all the best. 2021. Thank God it's a new year. Let's turn the page. We could bring up a whole lot of stuff from the past. And boy, did I have my things to learn. Like I said, learn about myself. I am now currently uh, <laughs> housemate free. I went into the pandemic with... Uh, a housemate who typically had a day job, still had a day job during uh, pandemic 2021, 2020. However, we were cooped and isolated together on lockdown. And boy, we learn a lot about other people as well as yourself. So being that this was a housemate, roommate situation, I would say that we had all of maybe five months together, let's say October through March, and then the lockdown came. Because, you know, there's one thing, you have a relief when you're under the same roof with other people and you have some place to go, they have some place to go, and it gives you some breathing room, right? On the other side, when you're in a place under one roof and with the same person seven days a week, 24 days an hour. Now, although now keep in mind, we did not sleep together. We weren't those kind of housemates. They, she had her room. I had mine <laughs> and I still have mine. Uh, now I have two rooms, which is nice, but, uh, you're going to learn a whole lot about each other. I mean, you're going to learn about how each other breathes, whether even to the point of snoring. Unfortunately, my bedroom is adjacent to the uh, guest room and there were uh, many a nights she probably heard me snoring there were nights I heard her sometimes we watch TV together one of us fall asleep on the couch likely me mouth open snoring wake up myself <laughs> but anyway but you you learn a lot about each other and I mean now 
everything from, you know, you even yourself, you learn more about your own pet peeves. What gets on your damn nerves? If a person's breathing too heavy, smacking their food too loud, not washing or not cleaning behind themselves or, or picking up their mess or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and the list goes on. Now, the threshold of this is, well, it all boils down to, can you get to a tolerable place? Can you get to a respectable place? A mutually respectable place. And and that boils down to being considerate, being mindful. And really, those are the two words. You can, and if if you have that uh, equally yoked, then you can almost live with anyone. Now, when you're not equally yoked and you see things differently, and this is called conflict resolution, people. How do you deal with that? First of all, you need a level head. (laughs) Clear mind, level head. I, 2020 has taught me more about conflict resolution than... I ever thought I would have had to learn (laughs) in a year. There was a lot of conflict resolutions. You turn on your TV, did, did you did, you saw very little of it in politics, right? Conflict resolutions, especially when you're a spoiled uh, baby brat and you got to have your way and you're, it's your way or the highway. That's, there's no resolution in that, no resolve. But in conflict resolution, you, you, you have to decide based on whatever is uh, uh, annoying you and keeping you from having some type of uh, ease and rest. You know you have to address it. Now, the key is when you address it and how you address it, whether you're going to put something out there and upset somebody or you're going to say something in a way that a person can hear you. Key is to get the person to hear you. So before you can do that, it has everything to do with the delivery conflict resolution, right? So be clear about what it is that you need to voice because you're at the point that you realize and there has to be some agreement regarding that matter and you need to address it right the worst thing is to be under the same roof and you've got something that's ongoing and uh agonizing you and there is no cease or resolve right so have a conversation with yourself kind of you know state it out Write it out. Pause. Step away from it. Come back. You know how people can send a text and you can send a rude text, unintended, or you can send an intentionally rude text. Well, it's the same thing when you're speaking, even more so with the text. But, you know, when you step away from it and you come back and look at it, then you can decide, oh, you know, do I want to say this this way or not? So you come back, you take a look at it. Say it again. And does it come to you in a way that are, are you hearing your own delivery in a way 
that is not saying, look, I'm offended. That's, you know, creating accusations, so forth. That's usually not the way to do it. I find a good approach to conflict resolution, and depending on the circumstance, but oftentimes, is to start with an open statement or a direct statement that either asks a question or answers a question. For example, you might ask them, What are the top three things that annoys them about other people? And this way, you're, you're inviting them to engage in this conversation, which makes it easier for you to segue what's annoying you in this situation. Now, you may learn something through this, not only learn something about them. And so this is the, the it's an indirect way of directly getting to your point. And some people might say it's a backdoor way of doing it. I don't think so. I think it's a, a a very humanistic approach with ease to deal with whatever the situation or that matters that that's concerning you. But by learning or hearing them, you've opened the door and invited them to a conversation, and you have offered to be patient and hear them, right? And so they give you the the answer. Now, likely if you say nothing, they're going to follow up with, well, why did you ask? (laughs) Hello, there's there's your entry. Put your foot in. Or you just immediately jump right into it. You know, the reason I ask or, you know, the things that I, I, I learn about myself that I realized in the last few weeks that bother me about people. And you can say them. And then you can say, so, for example, our situation, our living situation, I would like it if you did not leave your coffee spoon on the sink. Put it on a plate so the coffee doesn't drink and uh, drip and stain the sink. Uh, just, I'm just saying, this is an example. I'm not saying that's my situation. Just give you an example. Uh, another example. <laughs> I laugh because I have a thought of what someone told me sometime in the past in a relationship. And I think uh, one, one instance, a couple of times, I left some panties on the floor. They were pretty upset about that. <laughs> Now, this was an intimate situation. I just failed to pick them up. But but in that case, you know, they revealed that something that they hated. Well, I have to tell you what's very odd, that all these years, I never forgot that. And that says a hell of a lot. <laughs> so there's ways to approach it. But listen, we all can improve on conflict resolution skills. Um, just remember to... Make sure that you address whatever it is, write it down, look at it, read it, and then address it. So, but I, I, I learned quite a bit about myself. Uh, there are a few situations I had to deal with conflict resolution. One was more in a professional situation that, that crossed the line and became personal. You know, in those workplace, office uh, type environments and, you know, you're doing things and working with people and it's a professional level. They don't, 
necessarily have to have a relationship with them. But in some cases, you know, there may be a friendship uh, as well, or had been, and that's how you got involved. Uh, you know, some pre- previous re- relationship other than just that professional one. Either way, conflict resolution, when you have to approach it again, I find that works for me. And, beca- and I say this because I had to deal with this last year in a professional situation. And I approached it again by asking them a question uh, around the uh, a procedure, let's say. Um, and, and approached it that way to ask them, you know, what did they felt, feel was strong about that procedure? What were some of the, the three things they felt that was most strong in the three areas they thought could most improve? Well, that hearing them, allowing them to speak, to think on it, and then to speak. Now, whether they're being conscious or some, or, or not conscious about their role in it, but it allowed me to address it and bring it up. And so it was a way of easing into a conversation and a discussion that didn't have to get off the chain. You know, I give you a third situation in a personal, personal and familial situation, same thing, conflict resolution, Thanksgiving. And we know how holidays are because holidays are infamous for conflicts within families, right? Well, in my situation, that was the case. I already knew that prior to going to the home. So I knew tensions would be high. You could cut the air with a knife. And I had to think about how did I want to go in this situation? Because whereas I stopped speaking, um, in this case, it happened to be um, a nephew. Didn't talk to the nephew. Didn't talk to uh, his dad or my brother for the last like, I don't know, it had been at least six months. So for the first time seeing each other and it's like, okay, how we're going to do with this. In that situation, the first thing I did was give them eye contact and say, Hey, you hold my arms out and say, come over here and just give me a hug. Cause at the end of the day, we're fine. We're family. And whether we're friends or not, I'm going to love you anyway. But on the other hand, I thought it would be a good idea to introduce a new family tradition right when we all got together for our Thanksgiving prayer. And before prayer, while we held hands, I said to my family, you know, family, We take each other for granted. We oftentimes come together on holidays and birthdays and, you know, whatever other days, mother days and whatever. We'll give gift exchange, but we don't know each other. We'll have conflicts and we'll get upset about what somebody said, did or didn't do. And before you know it, all hell breaks loose and we're ready to choke each other out. Or curse each other out. But the truth is, we wouldn't have to do these things if we really knew each other. So for for this Thanksgiving, I had an exercise and I asked them to tell us 
three things that we didn't know about them. Each person in the circle. And so we took our time and each person went in a circle and said what it was that they, that was either important to them, sensitive to them, meaningful to them, just what we didn't know. And I, I said, look, the thing about it, there was an element of surprise. And that was the good thing about it because it threw everybody off. They didn't know what to say. Because God knows we all could say something to our family members that they do not know about us, right? Right. So with the element of surprise, what it does is, you know, we stumble for a moment, we pause, and then we start speaking. And the next thing you know, the person starts speaking from their heart, even if it's brief. Everyone spoke. And for the first time in my years on this green earth, it felt like not only did a weight was a weight lifted, but air cleared and it lightened the load and I felt a little closer to my family members. And I said, that's why I announced that from now on, let's make it a tradition. We take it for granted. We may not be around each other until holidays and birthdays and things like that. But the in-between time, years have passed, we've evolved, we got friends that we choose that are close enough to be our family, even closer than our own family. Therefore, sometimes we can't stand our family. But that's why I'm saying to you, sometimes it's a necessary evil, but if there are other ways, looking for other ways to engage, to deal with the family, and maybe even to look at each other as people, as an individual, not just as a brother, a sister, a nephew, a cousin, a father, a mother, a daughter, a son, whatever the situation is. But to see them as for who they are. I mean, we all have our opinions and we know them based on their character and behavior, personality, and what we know. But what if you just stepped outside of that judgment, preset opinion, and then allow them to speak as if they've just met you for the first time. Hey, people, I'm just saying. It helped. We needed it. And it worked. So that was the big lesson I took from 2020. And it was a beautiful lesson. Okay? Hey, it's a new president. This is the day after the inauguration that I am releasing this podcast. Listen, I am happy then the 56 or 7% of America that voted, okay? And there's a whole lot of other people that are happy and they didn't vote. And maybe because they can't, because of ridiculous laws that prevented them from voting. But I'm, I'm one for one, I'm happy. And like I said, it's just time to move forward, not look back. Okay, Trump out, Biden in, Pence out, Kamala Harris in, Madam VP, okay? And I couldn't be more proud coming from and broadcasting here from Oakland, California, which has been my home for the last several years, two going on three decades. So, Madam VP, what was really exciting to watch the Warriors 
play the other night. Um, they played San Antonio. They spanked that tail. And what was really the, put the icing on the cake is that they, although they they moved to Chase Center in San Francisco, okay, much more elaborate and elite and, you know, all of the hoity-toitiness that I guess that uh, the uh, elite San Franciscans could afford to have them move from Oakland. But they really brought some retro designs in uh, homage to Madam VP Kamala Harris and to Oakland by wearing uh, their old Warriors jersey. It was an old school jersey and it was really nice. And they presented her with a special Madam VP jersey of her own. (laughs) On top of that, as I said, uh, to blow the candles out, that's what they did on San Antonio's tail. That was really fun to watch. It was exciting. And, you know, after a full year of not really seeing the Warriors of 2017 uh, and 18, as we knew, it was wonderful to see them last night in wonderful style. Although we do not have um, Clay Thompson, and we sure miss him, but it's lovely and such a joy to see Curry. Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And we have Looney again. Glad to see Looney there. But it's such a joy to see Steph and Draymond play. And when, you know, Steph is, you know, on his flow. So that was lovely. So anyway, new year, new president, new vice president. And day after inauguration... What, of course, I'm only going to speak about the uh, insurgents and the attempted coup on January 6th. That was absolutely stunning, crazy to see. Um, I think the big thing that I got out of that, I kept reflecting how we look on a global scale. And it was just frankly embarrassing about the 3,019th embarrassing thing under Trump leadership. And, you know, just just embarrassing. It was devastating, concerning, and you need to listen to the Vibe Juice podcast. Okay, Vibe Juice podcast uh, recent podcast, I think it was episode maybe 25, 26, but, um, that was really crazy. Yeah. I, the vibe juice podcast, by the way, I do that with, um, a var- variety of hosts for the last seven, six episodes. It's been Ali Rashid and Christopher Jeffrey. And we just do a, a, a deconstruction on what goes on in um, politics, but, it's business, entertainment, politics. But yeah, a little more dive of that. Check out the Vibe Juice podcast. But <clears throat> I want to circle back to the inauguration. So having a real low on January 6th and then 12 days later or, or excuse me, um, 18 days later, January 20th, 2021 was a highlight 
was the inauguration for Biden and Harris was just patriotic and just awesome. There was such a relief, a sense of feeling elated, proud. It really made me feel proud to be an American. And I had not had that feeling since Obama. And I feel sorry for those who didn't do not share that uh, uh, empathy with me or is not sympathetic to that. But those are my sentiments. And I think a lot of you feel would agree with me. Uh, it just brought back a certain esteem, pride from the music, from the performances, from uh the the oaths of office that was delivered um uh, chief justice and uh, uh and um uh, roberts and uh justice sotomayor to see our eldest statesman chief of state that's that's groundbreaking it's groundbreaking that we have a vice president female groundbreaking that we have uh, a woman of color groundbreaking you know of that her background or her parents she's a uh, born in Oakland groundbreaking and she's a parent a daughter of immigrant parents from Jamaica in India so it's just groundbreaking all around and there's plenty of things to be really really proud of and that also includes um the new senate senator that took uh Kamala's place uh let's see the uh from Los Angeles and I can't recall his name I'm trying to remember his name um ah Alex Padilla groundbreaking to be seated as the first Latino senator in the U.S. Senate. So this inauguration and all that it represents and all that it means, not only is it historical, but it there's now just a new sense of hope, pride, and just caring about what, what goes on in America, caring about playing your part, you know, taking a role about even coming outside uh although that we're dealing with a pandemic okay so everybody you know cover up be safe but i have to say that this was just absolutely and biden gave one of his greatest speeches you know you felt you felt confident and i can say that i feel confident in moving forward he has a a task ahead of him. Uh, his administration, uh, Madam VP, there's going to be a lot of work ahead. And people, before y'all go jumping off, <laughs> popping off, remember this is going to have to come with some patience because he's coming into just a world of mess, greater mess than Obama entered into that he's got to correct. And he's going to need all hands on deck. And that includes as citizens, there's roles and parts that we play too. So while we're all looking for that stimulus tech, I'm just saying as a reminder, you know, play your part, 
and uh, let's be proud Americans and keep hope alive. That's what I feel. Okay, so I am so glad that 2020 is gone, but we were introduced to a virus. We were introduced to the COVID or the Corona, right? And that doggone thing is still here coming into 2021. So what does that mean? That means that, again, on one hand, we have uh, a nasty virus that has taken over and killed over 400,000 America and Americans and infected over a million And it means that now there's new strands and making it even worse. But what it means, it means that we have to continue to be vigilant and cautious and safe and clean and protected as to not spread this thing. I know I don't want it. So on the other hand, I mean, there is some hope. And the hope precludes because we have a new president, someone that's not going to lie to us. You know, the worst thing in the world is to feel betrayed. And they say, when you see a liar, you see a thief. So how can you move forward? It's just like a relationship. You've been lying to me and lying to me over and over again. Right now, America 2021, we are suffering with PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, get that out. And, uh, and it means that because we've been abused for the last four years, now we're, we might be a little oversensitive. I know I am. And it means that, uh, we got to get a grip of ourselves And this is a good time in the month of January. What better time starting out at the beginning of the year is to just understand all the things that we went through and how we want to just adjust in a way that's healthy and strong for us, mind, body, and soul. And that's pretty much where I am right now, mind, body, and soul, you know, giving myself a little time to heal and be well. Mind, body, and soul time means retreat time. January is time to retreat. I'm doing my own personal retreat for me. That means really just focus on my healing. There's not a gym for me to go to, but I can do some exercises that are good for my mind and body. I could do yoga stretches. I can breathe, take just... Pause to breathe deeply and meditate. You know, I even had a scare about a week ago that my blood pressure was up, and hey, that sure put me in check. I thought I was going to get a COVID shot or at least be part of a test. And then I found out, oh, my blood pressure was off chain. So I immediately purchased a monitor, and for the remainder of this week and month and here on, I am doing whatever I need to do to make sure that I get this in check and under. So it's all about being healthy, 
mind, body, and soul, people. You got to take care of yourself. So that's 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 where we are. So I I want to say in this role that normally I do a shiro and I'm I'm this I am going to do my shiro segment. And the shiro sister love likes to recognize in my shiro segment I call she rise she rose or he rise he rose but but we're going to honor a shiro for a song or unsung work leadership courage creativity and having a never give up spirit and that's so important so this this shiro of the month i have to give it to that sister at biden's inauguration 22 year old amanda gorman from los angeles california she's an american poet she's an activist and she Focus on oppression and feminism and race and marginalization. This little sister uh, delivered her poem in the 2021 inauguration for Joseph Biden that really stole the show. And the poem was titled, The Hill We Climb. And it was, she did an awesome, awesome job. This sister attended Harvard University. She has a B.A., I saw one of her interviews uh, on CBS and her mother is a English school teacher. And um, does that say a lot of of who she is? I'm sure it does. I'm sure that she could contribute many things to having uh, her mother, who was a single mother, strong, important uh, leader, who was just encouraging from her uh encouraging her as a little girl her mother is Joan Wicks and she has a twin sister Amanda's twin sister is Gabrielle who is also an activist and filmmaker so i think this this woman is young lady is exceptional she grew up with uh some disorders apparently she had a speech impediment and uh a auditory disorder and her mother told her to practice speaking or practice uh different poems and repeating them uh you know, from Maya Angelou to, uh, goodness, to, she said, uh, the show Hamilton. She was encouraged by that. And so she practiced and practiced and practiced until she overcame her disability. And that's kind of similar to, uh, in that case, Danny Glover, who had a disability uh, growing up a speech disability and he was able to overcome it and become quite confident by that age he began he discovered acting and it was all history so with Amanda Gorman it's you know she found a way to identify through her her trials and tribulations by going within practicing 
And it was her form of, of exercise, her form of retreat. And it helped her to persevere. And now look at her. John Robert Lewis, and an author, civil rights leader, and American politician, attended American Baptist College, Fisk University, and he chaired the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in 1963. He later led an historical march from Selma to Alabama across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. In 2016, he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama. On Barack as the first black president, he said, if you ask me whether the election is the fulfillment of King's dream, I say no, it's just a down payment. John Lewis held more than 50 honorary degrees. His lifelong struggle for civil rights and dignity and justice for all has left an enormous impact and will continue for future generations. John Lewis is our sister love hero. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me. Please take a moment to follow, share, like, send your ideas on any topic that you may have, or comment. Send it to email, that's Slur Sisters, S-L-U-U-R-S-I-S-T-A-S at Gmail, or message the Facebook page, that's Sisters Extraordinaire. You can support us with a five-star rating and make a donation on Patreon. Remember, be good to yourself. Life is about creating yourself, not finding yourself. Live simple, love easy, and laugh every day. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Sonia Song B. Peace.